You're home for Up and Adam in the Morning. It is The Crush 92.5. All right, so this middle school teacher arrested drama, right? Sarah Watts is a middle school teacher in AG, Mesa Middle School. She was arrested recently after an episode where she's accused of angrily losing her temper, was arrested for child abuse, which in California is defined by physical injury inflicted on a child by another person. What happened? So a 13-year-old had a brush in her hand, and I guess the teacher angrily, kind of aggressively snatched it out of the girl's hand, leaving what I've been told are uh, two marks from the teacher's nail in the skin of two of the fingers on the girl. All right, fast forward to some moments later. Mrs. Watts, still angry, is distributing papers like student to student and doing so in an angry, forcible way, like aggressively throwing the papers at each kid. Well, she gets to the girl who she just had the brush interaction with, forcibly throws the paper at the girl's face, puts a paper cut like next to her eye in her temple area. I understand there's a resource officer at the school. The department sent deputies to, I guess, interview some kids, get down what happened. Ultimately, they arrested this teacher. So supporters of the teacher's behavior, which, yes, apparently there are some, uh, say the kid must have been a brat. The Tribune says, oh, it's just a paper cut. You send this many cops to a school for this. It's like, yeah, don't you read the news? Aren't you the news? So let's set this up. Tribune writes this op-ed that's really weak without taking any responsibility for the teacher. It complains the cops overreacted to the teacher's aggression, calls this nothing but a paper cut. But is this how we want our teachers to act and then have it be defended? I mean, I feel like I'm in bizarre world. Then I was chatting with this woman, Susan, on Facebook. She's kind of one of those loud people on Facebook commenting on every news station's version of the story. Like, she's way into this. Then I hear on Congleton, I have some clips of that. I invited her on here. She said she was tired. I said the invitation's open. So Congleton has two teachers on. He pretty much reads the Tribune's weak-ass op-ed, like, verbatim. Takes calls. Here's some of that. Susan, in all the years of you in the classroom, have you ever seen a teacher arrested like this? No, I have not. And I shared with you before that I had a similar experience of my own self um, where I took a phone away from a student and scratched them. And then the phone was stolen. I was told I had to pay for the phone. All this stuff went down. Um, It was a whole thing. But I never imagined that the police would be called over. Wait, so she's literally done the same thing? She just said she... She yanked the phone out of a kid's hand, scratched the kid, had to buy the phone, got in trouble. It sounds like she got in something, you know, something was up. To speak with what Myla said, teachers are often trained to confiscate. I know my teacher handbook said you must confiscate items from nuisance items from students. There was like two pages about how to do it. We had training how to do it. I did it the one time and it was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Is she implying that she did what her training said and yanked it out of the kid's hand and, and scratched them. And that doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. This is what I want to ask a professional. You're being trained to yank things. Now you may be trained to confiscate something. I remember again, having a note passed in class or maybe you got a toy or something. The teacher will come right up, put his or her hand right out in front of you. And it's like, give me that note. Give me that toy. Give me whatever it is. That's still confiscating it, but I can't imagine that your training tells you to rip something out physically of a student's hand, especially out of anger. Who's the adult? Who's the kid? What's going on? Unless the person's like beating somebody with the phone or the brush in this case or whatever it is or hurting themselves or hurting a class pet, what are you doing? But really the point of whether the teacher is guilty of doing anything or not is not even the point. Ah, stop it right there. Not even the point. It's literally the point. It's the only point. It is truly what matters. 
I can't wait to hear how she finishes this sentence. Go ahead. This point, because of what we found out about the sheriff's action, the teacher is facing lots and lots of consequences for her actions. Hopefully she is protected by the teacher's union and she's lawyered up. So we want the teacher's union? Am I, what am I missing? We want the teacher's union to support and protect teachers who grab things forcibly out of students' hands, out of anger, aggressively, and give them physical marks. We want to protect those teachers, right? Forget about protecting the students. Let's protect teachers who act like that. Okay. Oh, now I totally get it. Here's Dave asking a listener what should happen to the teacher. Uh, I would talk to her, and, and she's spent all this time to lead to the one incident that's going to destroy her life. Exactly. Now, the next thing's going to happen, that kid's going to probably have an attorney, and they'll probably sign out for about 50 to 60 grand. This poor teacher, I can't even imagine what she is, what it looks like in her home right now, and, and this horrible incident, having cops storm into your school like SS troopers, well, we put don't you know. under arrest, we call you to jail. Happened. It's horrible. Okay, so this bright beacon of light, and at least Dave jumped in there, albeit for a second, uh, compared, what do you call them, SS troopers? So now they're Nazi troopers storming in, and we got to protect this teacher, this poor teacher this poor teacher i can't even imagine oh i know i can't even imagine if your kid came home with nail marks on two of their fingers and an inch and a half mark cut paper cut abrasion whatever on the side of their face at the hands of their teacher out of anger you're telling me you're, you're you don't care nothing what's the kid's fault i see all these comments on the tribune must be the kid. The kid must be a monster. Like, we're maligning a 13-year-old girl. Like, do we even know what happened right before that? Teacher's got no responsibility here? Again, must be missing something. We're going to talk to a professional, a uh, professional that's well-respected in the community, Bob Borgalt, a.k.a. Mr. B. Uh, he's retired, but he ran Almond Acres Charter School. Knows a thing or two about education. I respect his opinion. I'm ready for him to tell me, Adam, look, you don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. I just want to learn. I just want to learn. But listening to these people play damage control? I don't know. I just don't know. I don't think people are going to vibe with that. More coming up. It's Up and Adam in the morning. I am Up and Adam in the morning. I am Up and Adam in the morning. Up and Adam in the morning. So talking about this story out of Arroyo Grande, uh, Mrs. Watts, a teacher at Mesa Middle School, arrested for, well, we'll get into it with Mr. B. We got Mr. B on the phone, Bob Borgalt, a.k.a. Mr. B. He is a an accomplished educator, respected by parents, colleagues, students, community. Uh, he's done it for a long time. He knows his stuff, and I thought his insight would just be great. It's great to have you up and Adam in the morning. Good morning, Adam Montiel. Mr. B, there he is. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm fantastic. How, in the dream. How is retired how, life? Oh, my goodness. Living in the dream. <laughs> yeah. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm blessed I still get to work two days at the school. Oh, but, good. Uh, I do get to enjoy a lot of time with my grandkids and my family. So, Well, good for you. great. So, you know, I've always enjoyed your insight. You're a proven successful educator, retired now. You have a great reputation with parents and students and the community. So when I saw the story out of Arroyo Grande, I wanted to see what a professional, I wanted to see what Mr. B thought of it. And also, you know, I love to see what I'm missing because I know I'm not a teacher and I know I don't mm -hmm. know. And looking on the inside is to me the way I've always, the inside of other people are thinking is to me kind of the way to sort out just, yeah, you have your opinion and, and you honor that and, but always search and always look for, for truth. So this story, yeah. look, and, and really my lens that I want to look through here and having you on is to, 
take into consideration that I know you're not speaking with direct knowledge of the case. You might not know the people, but just kind of on an, you know, looking, obviously keeping in mind what's what we're talking about, but just to get some background on teaching and stuff like that. What did you think when you read the case, when you read the article? Well, it's always disturbing to hear any incident like that, disturbing both for the family and the child and for the school and for a teacher that goes through something like that. It's traumatic. Yeah. Trauma to everybody. Yeah. Um, so to look at both sides of the story is prudent. That's where we get understanding and which leads to possible change. So, so the, getting those perspectives is essential. The teacher's accused of kind of violently grabbing a brush out of a student's hand. From what I understand in the digging that I've done, there was two marks left on two fingers after the teacher aggressively, angrily, and physically grabbed a brush out of a 13-year-old uh, student's hand. And then a few minutes later, the teacher is still very hopped up on anger. It sounds like a temper, you know, mm-hmm. and, right. and is passing papers back to many kids, but forcefully doing it. Gets to the kid mm-hmm. that she just had the brush interaction with and literally just like forces that paper right to, in this case, the student's face, puts about an inch and a half paper cut on the kid. Now, my question for you is, what are correct practices? Unless one student is literally pummeling another or a class pet or themselves with a brush, are you supposed to grab the brush? No, you always want to protect a child, but you also don't want to touch a child. That's one of the worst things we can do is to reach out in any way, especially if you're if you're upset. You've got to keep that distance. That's just the professional, ethical thing to do. Now, if you're having to protect yourself or another child, then it's your responsibility to do so. But you can't do that if you are stuck in the basement of your brain. If you are upset and your emotions are high, you've got to get help. You've got to get away from the situation and keep yourself um, protected, but also keeping the child protected. So in this case, it sounds like to me, if the story is correct, which I don't know, you know, we haven't, there hasn't been a trial on this, but that the teacher was basically in the basement of her brain and she was struggling with the emotions. And we don't think when we're emotional, we're stuck with, you know, with that being wrapped up in, in fear or anger or whatnot, and we're not thinking well. So therefore, at those times, we make mistakes. We do things we wish we didn't do. So my sense of this, and neurologically speaking, is just that this person was captivated by the emotions because they were angry for whatever reason and lashed out in a way that is just uh, inappropriate and unethical. Um, And we're all there at times in our life, even as adults, of course. So that's how I read this situation. Secondly, to when those things happen... um, the reason for it, whatever it was, should never discount the consequence. So just because, you know, something happened that made me upset, well, ladies and gentlemen, as adults, we can't let children make us upset. Mm. Mm. Mr. B, it's up and at him in the morning. Bob Borgalt, a retired educator, principal, uh, one of the folks behind uh, Almond Acres Charter School. Just talking about this situation out of Arroyo Grande. It's pretty wild. On the phone, Bob Borgalt, a.k.a. Mr. B. He is a retired educator, stellar reputation, wanted to get the lowdown. His opinion on this case out of Arroyo Grande, a Sarah Watts middle school teacher arrested for child abuse with this whole brush thing. 
And one of the things you just said a second ago before the last segment ended was, we can't let children make us upset. And it's so funny you say that because I'm reading some of the comments, especially on like the Tribune post, and it's always like, oh, this kid must have been a monster. Like the, the comments are grown adults maligning a kid. Like we don't even know. And my, and my whole point is like, oh, it must be really spoiled brat or it must be, must be acting out or parent or these kids today. Really, what on earth could the kid possibly have done to deserve that? I don't understand that reaction. In fact, back in the day, I was a class clown. I talked. I got in trouble here and there. And there would be a time if I'm passing a note to a girl or something's going on, the teacher would walk up to you quietly. She or he would put their palm out flat in front of you and every single student is looking at you you're embarrassed you knew you did something wrong you have to hand that note that toy that whatever it was back and you get in a little bit of trouble mm-hmm. that, and that's the ju- appropriate thing to do. that's the top of your brain thinking that's it, not the middle of your brain but, thinking but, that's the top so but that's so the right thing to do go to a kid and just grab it out of their hand and i don't see why the teachers unions are just blindly backing it up or blaming the mm-hmm. sheriff for some odd reason so i don't know how to filter all this yeah i i I agree, but I would also, I do understand the stressors that teachers are going through. It is more challenging than ever. On top of what we just went through over the past few years with COVID and how kids have not been in the classroom the way they, you know, to get that continuity of of life, um, the stressors are greater. At the same time, that cannot, should not, and shall not, in my book, um, let us be less than professional. We have to deal with those things, and we have to be educated enough, and that's where districts, you know, are putting a lot of time, energy, and money into not just the social, emotional development and well-being of students, but that of teachers, too, because they're experiencing stress that they've never experienced before. I, I, the profession has changed dramatically. I was blessed to be in it for over 37 years, and watching that change, that the dynamics that you have to deal with every day is dramatic. Uh, at the same time, um, again, I just it can't be excused. Like I said, the you know the reason for the misbehavior for whatever it is for that child or the teacher should never discount the consequence. Right there, there has to be consequence to student behavior as well as adult behavior. And what should that be? I mean, I imagine I think if everything worked out well, honestly, she would say sorry to this kid, to the kid's family, mm-hmm. to her students, to her colleagues, take an anger management class, really look mm-hmm. seriously the internal cause of what's happening here. And I would like to see her forgiven and move on mm-hmm. from this and not have it stain her. But I think those things have to happen first. Let's help her, right? I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think is the solution here? Well, yeah, I think you're right on. Number one step is always forgiveness and being remorseful. And if you don't humble yourself to that, you can't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. If we don't say, my bad, I'm sorry, I messed up, how do you get anywhere? Because you're denying the fact that you made a mistake. And then you're trying to find excuses for it or, or uh, evade the consequences. So that's right. Number one is forgiveness. And number two is to face the natural and logical consequences. What does the agreement say? What does the contract say? What does the law say? And follow through with those. Pay your dues, pay your consequences, and again, humbly say, hey, I'd like to fix this. You know, right. true fixing something is saying I'm sorry, forgiveness is the F, I is the consequences, identifying those, and X is how do I do it differently next time? So that process is the healing process, in my opinion. Bob Borgalt, a.k.a. Mr. B, a celebrated and respected educator, knows his stuff, retired, but he jumped on the phone with us here, and I can't thank him enough for it. 
We're talking about the situation out of Arroyo Grande, Mesa Middle School. A teacher named Mrs. Watts, Sarah Watts, was arrested for child abuse with that whole yanking angrily a brush out of a 13-year-old girl's hand, putting a couple uh, fingernail marks in two of the girl's fingers, and then a few minutes later, throwing a piece of paper. She she was passing papers back forcibly to all the kids and went back to this girl who she just had the brush interaction with, threw a piece of paper hard at her at her head, and it gave her a paper cut on the side of her eye by her temple about an inch and a half big. She was arrested. I'm not going to ask you what you think in this case, if it was more this woman's temper because you don't really know her, or if it was just the resources at the school because you might not be privy to those either. Look, I, I know a bunch of 13-year-olds in a room, 28, 30, 13-year-olds mm-hmm. in a room won't be easy to manage. But if if one can't do it and if one get, isn't getting the resources, maybe they shouldn't be doing it. Is that horrible to think? No, not at all. And again, that's a humble thought. So that's a smart thought. If I can't handle that kind of pressure, I shouldn't be there for my own well-being, my own safety, as well as the kids. So, no, that's just a humble, practical, a mature thought. All right. So, so teacher, teachers recognizing that is that's intelligence. So, so, and it is stressful. You know, thirteen-year-old kids. They, I, I had the, the joy of being with them yesterday with a few classes, and it's um, it's dynamic. But you have to choose to love them despite their behavior. And that's what keeps us from getting angry is we can't take it personally. These are children. There are some real world kind of circumstances that surround this case. The parent ended up being a deputy sheriff. Uh, People are like, Mm -hmm. oh, the response was too much. I think they sent three cars and. There's something something like the nine or 10 people at one time. They had a lot of kids to interview, I imagine, after that happened. But what does that seem? Do those pieces of the puzzle matter to an educator whose first priority is the kids and the second is a healthy school? What I think I hear you asking is, you know, was there too much of a response? Yeah. Um, In your opinion. And I don't think I don't think there's ever too much of a response these days. Yeah. It, there's never. And I think the greater the response just from action and being proactive in situations like this. I'm reading the uh, news. Yeah, it's just it's what we need to do these days in order to protect people, That's a, teachers and kids. Good point. All right, any final thoughts on this, Mr. B? Well, I think as I contemplate this, I, I think about getting a grip on our own self-awareness as adults um, and knowing what our triggers are, knowing that you know life is stressful, difficult, and challenging and can cause us to go to the basement of our brain pretty quick. So knowing that about yourself and what your triggers are, are critical. So doing something about it, training and uh, teaching yourself, getting support, um, discussing and, and becoming self-aware is, I think, the first step to to um, keeping these kinds of things from happening. Yeah. So whatever we can do as school districts, whatever we can do as families and as communities and churches, recognizing that we're not perfect, and we're but we're also very powerful people. We are all so capable. We are. We're, we all have great intelligence and creativity. So you know, you have to understand what makes you strong and what makes you struggle. In your head, do you think? Final question: If do you think a situation like this can get handled in that wholesome kind of idealistic way that we put out there just a few minutes ago, or because of teachers' unions, lawyers now? 
arrest records and all these things that have now swirled within the bureaucratic aspect of the system. Is that impossible or is it still achievable? That's not impossible. No way. It can't be. You know, we, we're, we are um, people of faith. We are people of goodness. And if we step up to that, if we're bold with our goodness, if we're bold with what is true, right, and beautiful, nothing can be impossible. And that's, that's what dismisses, and that's what gets rid of the nonsense, is we have to step up and be bold about what is good and true and not allow the nonsense to take over. We can't be captivated by that. We have to be bold and step up for what's right. I have great optimism and hope, and that's the only way it's going to change. Bob Borgalt, he is up and at him in the morning, a.k.a. Mr. B. It is such a pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you for your insight, sir. And thanks for always being available via a call or a text. It really means a lot. You're welcome. Take care, Adam. Have a great day. Up and at him in the morning. With Adam on heel. Weekday mornings, 6 to 10 a.m. The Crush 92.5, the perfect blend.